Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome in Final Score Podcast, presented by PFP, Players, Fitness, and Performance here in Frederick. Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department here with you. A little more than a week away uh, from Christmas. Uh, very much looking forward to the holiday season. We're in the middle of basketball season right now, and on this podcast, we will talk to Bill Miskell, who's the head coach of the TJ Girls basketball team. Bill's back as a head coach after, after four years of helping uh, the TJ boys. Uh, he's got some great stories, former official, and, and look forward to, to, to talking to Bill uh, about all of that in just a few minutes. But here to take a little closer look at Frederick County basketball and state basketball in general is our man, Kyle McFadden. Of uh, We call you the state sports guru, right? Yeah, something like that. Is that our official title for you? Yeah. So welcome in, man. How we'll are you? with that for now. I'm good. How are you doing, Greg? I am well. So how do you look at the Frederick County uh, basketball landscape? I mean, Oakdale's yeah. obviously very good. They're off to a fast start. Right. Because uh, William Sports not a bad team, but but Oakdale blew them out of the water um, uh, in uh, week in the first game of the season. They have, they've won in a couple more since I believe. Uh, we we just watched their football team win a state title. We know they have a bunch of great athletes. Are they even though they have a new coach with Brandon Long? Are they the team to beat this year on the boys' side? I would say so. Um, I actually was at that game uh, last Friday when they played William Sport. They look very good. Um, they're not very big. Colin Schley's their tallest player, six four. So that I mean, if there was one, it's a high school team, though, right? So six four right, is a good right, size, right? But they move the ball so well, like in transition. They're like one of the fastest teams I've seen, and I've seen a lot of basketball teams play. And uh, Coach Long is is pretty much, um, you know, he's he he will pick that program up seamlessly from Coach Connolly. He kind of coaches like Coach Connolly. Um, has that toughness and that grit and that fire and determination with them. So I would definitely call Oakdale the team to beat, although – Is it weird seeing them without Coach Connolly on the bench? It is. And he was actually um, – he actually was the PA guy <laughs> the first night, see, and I he knew, was the ball man. See, I, I, I knew he wasn't going to be able to say it. <laughs> he was on the, on, the, uh, on the baseline closest to their locker room. I, and I my little brother was taking pictures, and like you, you uh, can see him like in the background. Like I knew, I, I knew he wasn't. Like I knew he wasn't going to be sa- not wasn't going to be able to stay away. Not at but, all. But um, but um, on the contrary too, you have Thomas Johnson, right? Yeah, yeah I mean they made the run to the state yeah. semifinals last year. Yep. They they lost uh, Braxton Foreman though. Yeah, and, big and, loss. And, and, but they still have uh, Richard Rivas, they got uh, five point of their guard. Top- Top six back. Uh, J.R. Poe, yep. rebounder, who had 28 points the other night, too. Oh, really? Um, okay. uh, Richard Rivas uh, and Bennett Commander, um, yep. uh, too, um, who can shoot, is a big with some shooting ability, yep. and, and and will kind of step into that Braxton Foreman role, uh, I, I guess, a little bit this year, mm-hmm. or more and more of that role. So, right. yeah, TJ should be form, uh, formidable. Uh, how about your, your Lancers? Yeah, they have a new look this year. They got Coach Chris O'Connor taking the, taking the reins. There's another Lang on that team, isn't there? Yeah, Sean Lang. He's a junior right now. They also have Ryan Lang, who's a freshman. How many Langs are there? So there's there's Thomas, who is now at, at Shepard. Right. There's uh, Nicholas, who's playing at some D2 college. I'm not sure where. There's uh, Sean Lang, who's a junior. And then there's Ryan Lang, who is a freshman. 
So, and there's more length too. That's it. Oh, just, as far as I know, <laughs> four, four boys. Four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And they and they all basketball all, players. All and they're all good basketball players all too. All good so. basketball players. So, so how do you? I mean, Oakdale is going to be the heavy favorite in the two A West. How yeah. do you sort of see the three A West shaking out with yeah, TJ Tuscarora, um, uh, Ligonor, uh, um how, how do you see that shake? Frederick, um, uh, Frederick High, yeah, right? I think Thomas Johnson's the team to beat in that region. Although you know, Linganore's a completely different team this year. So is Thomas Johnson, but it's just um, like Linganore's got a. They got Francisco. Can't say his last name. It starts with a P. He uh, transferred in from St. John's Catholic Prep. Um, he's a sophomore. He's he's really good. Uh, Place point guard. They got Cole yeah, Mitchell. Talk, talking in the center of that mic oh, right there. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. They got Cole Mitchell, who played outside linebacker for them on the football team, came over from Mount St. Joseph. Um, Matt Schiller, who I think he started last year as a sophomore um, in like the four spot. He's out for the season with the t- torn, torn ACL. Uh, they got Bennett Formulak taking over the point. For Nicholas Lang, so the, so those are big shoes to fill. Uh, they got Christian Nolan, um, nice nice wing, about six four, six five, can shoot, can dribble. Um, they got um, um, so yeah, it's uh, they got to fill the void left left by Nicholas Lang, uh, Tuscarora, they. Uh, they got hammered by River Hill in their first. But they came back and won, game. though. Came um, back and beat QL, as a matter of fact. Oh, really? Yeah, they did. Okay, so Tuscarora is going to be okay. That's a I solid think. win for I mean, them. I, yeah, I, I, they're, they're. I think they're going to be. They're, they're always they're, in the they're, mix. They're going to be in the mix. Yeah. And what about teams like North mix. and stuff like that? North Hagerstown. Yeah, I think traditionally, one of those two like Hagerstown teams are always right there. So you you have to think that those teams will be there. Um, I mean, North Hagerstown beat Linganore last year in the first or second round of playoffs. Right. And then South Hagerstown, they're always good, too. So, um, I think it's Thomas Johnson's regent, but it's only one game, right? Just like in the playoffs in March is so long away. I mean, you you, you got three months until, like, like, the playoffs start. So, right now it's tough to tell, but it's, it's – um, Thomas Johnson's regent right now. I haven't seen Frederick either. Uh, they almost beat Lingonar the other night too. Well, but, um, yeah. What's your feel for the girls? Uh, do you know much about the girls, or you've been, been focusing on the boys? So. Um, I mean, I your, your specialty is the boys, right? Um, I like to focus if uh, if I'm going to do my job, I want to do it like all in the right way. So. Right. Yeah, that's that's why I mean, you mean the boys. You, I do cover the girls just too. Fo- right. fo- focusing on one thing, right? When, when yeah, you yes. talk about doing right. your job uh, one right, time, right, right, right. Uh, just just specializing in, in in one area, right? So, uh, girls, uh, Frederick High is going to be very good. Yes, um, yes, yes, they are. And it'll be interesting to see what Ligonier is young and rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuscarora is trying to get there. Um, and TJ uh, under under Coach Miskell, who we'll talk to, and we'll 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 get the lowdown on his team in a few minutes here. Um, uh, they're they're off to a three and zero start, so okay. so it could be fun to see that city rivalry yeah. play out with with uh, yeah. Yeah, T J and the Frederick girls. Two uh, A will be interesting because uh, Middletown has a great player yeah, in Sailor, uh, Sailor Poffenbarger, really good. 
and uh, and also um, Oakdale is in that mix too with with right. Brianna Walker who was at Oak- Oakdale went to Middletown now is back at Oakdale so um, so I could see one of those two teams making a run in two A and um, and then we'll see if Urbana in in four A could, could could make a push too so uh, statewide for the boys I mean who 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 would you say are the favorites in each classification four um, A would have to say Delaney. Okay. From Baltimore County, they got um, Che Evans. I think that's how you say his first name. Um, he's a four-star small forward. Has uh, many Power Five offers, or just many, many um, high major D1 offers. Uh, their point guard, I think his name was Ryan Conway. He's really good. So Perry Hall, who has won the past two four A state boys basketball titles their coach isn't coaching there like anymore uh they lost i want to say their entire starting five i mean their starting five was huge i think their their shortest player was six four they had six nine dudes six ten six eight i mean they were monsters so they're going to be a completely different team delaney is in my mind on paper the team to beat in, what, uh, what what about uh, class four A? Three A is Poly still. They're really good. Um, yeah, they're really good still. Two A, two A. You know, two A Oakdale can get back for sure. Um, this year with how the brackets are set up and the state final four, it's going to be West versus East. So that's a pretty good draw for our teams here in Frederick County. Um, and then the north versus the south, which is usually PG County versus Baltimore. They'll play on the other side of the bracket. So, But in 2A, uh, Patterson had a terrible year last year. I think they went 10-14. and 14. They had, like, injuries. They were just awful. But Marvin Price, who was a sophomore in 20, 2016 when they won the Class 2A title, he's back. He transferred out of the program last year, but he's back now. He's like 6'5". He's, he's, he's a four-star small forward. He can do so much. He actually looks like LeBron James out there. He's just so big. So I would have to give the nod to Patterson right now just because they look like that championship team from 2016. And how about 1A? Um, and then 1A. Um, Dunbar? Or? You know, I would have to say Dunbar. But Lake Clifton also moved down to one A. They did, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, actually, I think Patterson won theirs in 2017. Now that I'm thinking about it, but yeah, I think Oakdale's got the best shot of of the whole like county. Do you think Oakdale? How do you th- think last year's Oakdale team compares to this year's Oakdale, Oakdale team? Right now, from what I saw, this team definitely plays faster. Um, they're definitely not bigger. Uh, they have, I th- I want to say, better guard play. Well, like, because you have to for for like how how like short they are. Um, it's really tough to tell right now. Um, Common denominator obviously is uh, Colin Schley. Right, is, is and, the best player. And, so and, uh, he went for nineteen and eighteen. Right. In, in, <laughs> on the first Williams night, sport, he's right, going to yeah. average 20, 21 points a game, probably 14 to 15 rebounds a game. That's now, probably what he's going to be That would be ridiculous, yeah. Because who's going to rebound the ball? 
they, right. They, it has to be I him. Mean, it's, right. It's, yeah. it's, it has to Good be point. him. So. Good point. Um, we'll see. And so, yeah. And a, a cool note, too, is Patterson plays Oakdale in the Governor's Challenge here. In that about, Salisbury, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be – that's that's going to be a huge measuring stick for for these Bears. So, yeah, which is uh, soon. It's about two weeks. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks for coming in. I look oh, forward to seeing you on the, on the High School Hoops Trail as the season goes on here. Sounds good. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back in a minute here on The Final Score with uh, Thomas Johnson, girls basketball coach, our friend uh, Bill Miskell. Why do I train? Why do I train? I train to jump higher. I train because I have something to prove. Be faster. And because speed, strength, and being better overall on and off the field is my mission. Nothing to me is impossible. I'm Andrew Simpson from Players Fitness and Performance in Frederick, Maryland. We have found that most middle and high school athletes do not have complete confidence, which is holding them back from being their best on and off the field. As official partners with FCPS, our why is to inspire athletes like yours to believe in themselves and perform more confidently and consistently in sports and in life. That's our why. What's your why? For more information, check out our website at www.playersfitnessandperformance.com. We are back on the Final Score podcast, and Bill Miskell is the head basketball coach at Thomas Johnson High School. And Bill is kind enough to join me this week in studio. Coach, how are you? Good, great, great. Glad to be here tonight. Thanks for having me. Hey, have you ever been on a podcast before? No, I listen to a lot of them, but uh, this, I, I, like I said, I've enjoying the chance to participate with you on one of these yeah i mean what's your take on this new media era where we live in where it's all 24 7 and you have podcasts and everything's really at the tip of your fingers there i tell you um you know if i didn't have players that were technic you know that were really technology savvy i would be in trouble because they have to help the old coach out man (laughs) just all this new stuff I'm lost. I, I see you with your phone, though, and you were telling me about how you get you use your your iPad at home and stuff like that. I, I mean, you don't you don't even have a desktop computer anymore. No, you, you use a laptop. So, I, so you, I do. You're, you're, you're you're coming of age here. Well, I'm almost sixty years old. I guess it would almost have to happen. But you know, get at some point. My wife just took my flip phone away from me not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I had one not that long ago too. Yeah, I keep so. telling her. I said, Chris, can I get another? One? She said, Nah, I can't find them anymore. They don't make them. Are, are you amazed at what they could do on a phone now yeah it's i mean you have your whole world right here i mean everything your whole world's right in your palm of your hand if you want it to be right it, it, it's and did you ever think we'd get to a point where, where the world would be like that i never thought that uh, you know i mean it's just amazing i drive around my car and everything's right there on the screen it's, yeah it's crazy do you like that is it too convenient now or i mean have, have we have we gotten lazy uh, i don't know if in, in, a, in a way coach because everything's so easy now well you know being an educator the, the only problem you know a lot of those phones drive me crazy in the school day because you know kids are really attached to them that's the biggest problem i have right. with them but uh no the safety and security wise i think they're great you know i mean they 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 help out a lot of people so you know i guess there's pros and cons on everything do you find yourself using the phone too much now do you have to like put it down uh, every, every once no, in a while and, I, and step away from it no i'm not one of those people that's that's attached to that you know basically uh, my phone i use it for directions 
or phone calls. That's about it. Play some music every once in a while. If so, I might, yeah. yeah, if we're working on material for the band, you know, sometimes I'll be listening to stuff. We're, we're going to get into your band because because <laughs> you just played a clip of you singing uh, oh, "Oh What a Night" and and man, that that, that sounded really good. Well, I, 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 I I was very impressed. Well, so I, I've been doing it quite a long while, but like I said, I you know. I was surprised that Bill Cawley and them didn't get upset when the dogs were howling out there and we were playing that. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. So you, you had stepped away from this uh, head coaching thing a couple of years ago, and, uh, and you were you were helping out uh, John Manley and the, and the TJ boys, and uh, all all of a sudden uh, the, the the job opening came open with the TJ girls, and, and what made you interested in that? Well, um, there was a couple times there I got a chance last season uh, to work with the girls um, after practice, you know, after boys practice. And uh, they were really, you know, some really nice young ladies. And um, they they had kind of prompted me. They said, hey, if you, you know, would you be interested if this job ever came open? And I said, well, if it ever came open, I'll look into it. And like I said, it must have been kismet because it opened up and uh, was able to get the job. And uh, it's been a pretty good relationship so far this year. Why did you want to do it again? Why did, why did you want? Why did you want the aggravation of being a head coach again? Um, it, it's not so much the aggravation of, of being the head coach. Uh, you know, it's, it, Greg, it's really all I've ever known. I mean, I've, I've been a manager. I started working for Coach Engel in Middletown as a manager when I was seven years old, and I'm 57 now. So it's really all. <laughs> I've only ever been around. You're a lifelong hooper. Yeah, you know, they call us gym rats or whatever you want to call us, but that's all, you know, and um, I just love to teach the game. You know, I finally got to a point where I think I know a little bit about it and, uh, you know, had some girls that really wanted to um, to learn and, and do some things. So, um, you know, it's not about wins and losses now. It's, it's about, uh, you know, the last two assignments I've had, um, you know, going with John and um, – what we have at TJ now is is I kind of think of myself as a rebuilder. You know, I, I can go into a place and and um, get them to where they want to be in a couple of years, and that, that makes me feel really good that I have that ability. Speaking of that, I mean, when, when the boys' program was really struggling when, when you came aboard, uh, when you came on the John staff, but but you said you sat down with them and and, and yeah. you sort of mapped out where the program needed to go. Tell right. us about that. Yeah. Well, like I said, we sat down and, um, you know, I told, it, it's really funny because we were, we had went to Madrones one night, um, you know, some of the staff guys, and, and we started talking about what we needed to fix and what we needed to do differently. And and I, I knew from working at Monoxy what kind of kids were coming through there for the next couple of years. And, and I made the statement, I said, you know, if we do this, 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 and this, just four simple things, I said, we could be playing for a state championship in four years. And they laughed and I guess they thought I was a crazy old guy. Because what, it, what, what, where was the program when you came on? They had won like two games. They were like two and something. Weren't yeah, they? They, yeah. They were averaging about four win seasons. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, the funny thing was, you know, we came in and we struggled the first year, but we started making those adjustments and every year we had a progression. We went eight and fourteen, seventeen seven, and then last year was a was a real great, you know, run with a regional championship against Rockville at TJ, and uh, we we had a semifinal loss down at uh, in uh, at Maryland University of Maryland right, Comcast Center, Comcast right? Center. Yeah. but it was a great run, and um, you know, like I said, I I felt really good where the program was at, and um, you know, when this opportunity opened up to kind of do that again. It's kind of a test for myself to see, you know, do I have the chops, you know, can I motivate and can I, you know, 
can I take something that's here and take it to here? And that kind of really motivates me. Well, why did it get better, though? I mean, TJ's always had good basketball players, even even, even some of the years they struggled. It wasn't. It was never because of a lack of talent, right? No, it was uh, just just like a like any business. You know, you 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 have to adjust with you know the the times, or you you know you disappear, and that's what happened. And so what we had to do was just get back to you know some of the current teachings and practices and philosophies that were going on and, and and not so much reinventing but actually going back and tapping into some of the old um, old school that coach Dickman had you know espoused and put in there when TJ had all those tremendous seasons when he was there and prior to coming to TJ you had been the longtime girls basketball coach at Middletown High School and and, and had some great runs there but uh, state finals in in, in 11. And uh, state semis in '09, right? Um, yeah, uh, we we won it in 2006. Um, yeah, and then we had we were in the state final in 2009 again against Calvert, and then we went back in 2011 against Calvert in right. the state final. So uh, we we did we had a pretty good run out there. We won four regional titles, three state uh, final appearances. Uh, we won over 200 some games out there in 11 years so I, I was pretty proud of what we what we were able to accomplish had three player of the year and three student athletes of the year the dynamic between coaching boys and coaching girls I mean how how different is it um you know basketball is basketball I, I think um, um, does your approach have to change though uh, girls want you to coach them they, they they really do they they don't have a problem with that the the only thing um, Doran, the coach down in North Carolina, the soccer coach there, um, Doran Anson, he he wrote a great book on that. And you know, girls have have no trouble with being coached. The the main thing is is just don't disrespect them. And uh, that was the you know that's the biggest thing is is you know when you you have to get relationships and you can coach them as hard as you want and, and they'll take it and they love it. But just don't be disrespectful that way, and that—that's probably the biggest difference between you know a boys' program and a girls' program. And, and what are the boys like? You know, they—you um, you can push them. You know, they'll argue back a little bit, but they'll forget about it. You know, they'll—you know—once they leave practice the next day, come back. It's like it never happened. But you know, sometimes you know, with you know, on the other side, you know, you have to be careful because. You know, sometimes things are misconstrued, and uh, girls aren't as um, apt to come up and address you with things as boys might do. Right. You know. You started coaching in 03, you said? The 2002-2003 season. The 2003 season. How did that opportunity come about for you? Um, been refereeing college ball for about, you know, 14, 15 years, and uh, – my kids were getting older. My wife worked full time, and you know it, it's very difficult. It was getting difficult for her to get kids from one schedule to another when they were little. It made it easy. They both went to the same place, but then they got to a certain age, and you know, all of a sudden I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, or I'm in you know North Carolina, or I'm in New York, and uh, all, all in the span of a week, some, in, in like three or four days. You, yeah, right. You could be up there for a weekend and stuff. So it just made her life very difficult. So then, you know, you have to decide, you know, is it all about me or is it about, you know, where you want to be with the family? So we sat down and uh, Coach Engel had had uh, let me know that the job was probably going to be open up at Middletown and, you know, if I was interested to apply for it. So basically did. Um, 
there was a couple other candidates. Uh, Coach Dan Broach, who was the athletic director at the time, uh, Saul you know, took the chance with me. And we had a good run out there. Did you love the job? I mean, what, did, did it fit you right away? It, it took. If I wouldn't have had, if I wouldn't have had Coach as my mentor, I think that's one of the the, the biggest problems now with with young coaches is we that we throw them into the fire as a head coach, and they really don't have anybody, an old salt with them that's been through all this to help them to navigate you know, some of the, the issues and stuff that you deal with as a head coach. And, you know, a lot of them get burnt, you know, because of certain situations and they get out and they probably would have been really good coaches. I was able to avoid all that because um, coach, um, you know, he ran interference. You know, he made sure that if I made some missteps or if there was anything, he made sure he was the guy that intercepted everything and, and would smooth it out get back to me, we talk about it. And, you know, that was something I'd put back in my memory bank and say, if that happens again, this is how I handle that. So, you know, like I said, having coach on my staff right from the jump was, was big because a lot of steps that I would have probably made mistakes on, I avoided because he had already seen that for 22 years. How has your coaching style evolved over the years? Are are you a much different coach now than you were back in two thousand three? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm probably more patient. You know, I mean, you know, when you're younger, you you know, you you have a tendency to, you know, to be overly aggressive with things. Uh, now, you know, um, I, I've never been much of a yeller or screamer as a coach. Um, you but, save that for the referees. Yeah, well, I I work them a little bit, but not as I've 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 even toned down on that. Really? You know, yeah, I've tuned down on that a lot. Why? It's not worth the aggravation, or or, or, or? no? It's just you just learn. You know, it took me a while. I mean, even being an official, um, you know, you just realize that it, it, that's just not that's just not the the optics that you should be creating for your team. And uh, you know, I've really tried to be conscious of that and and step away from from that type of stuff. And uh, basically, I coach my team and. You know, if there is issues, I try to handle it in a different way. Yeah, and <laughs> I used to. Right before before we get too far away from uh, Coach Ron Angle, uh, the, the court is being dedicated uh, to him at Middletown High School on, 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 Friday, on Friday night. I know you want to be there, but but you obviously have a game, right? And, and you can't be. But just co- Coach was so influ- influential on everyone, and, and and you reference how influential he was on you. I uh, just what what. Do you really take away from Ron and his and and what what he taught you? <laughs> well, it's you know, like I said, um, I, I've been able to stay around the game almost fifty years, and um, you know, a lot of the things that he taught me when I was seven years as his manager, I incorporate into every practice. You know, just the way we do things. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing, you know, not only basketball, but you know, when he came out to Middletown from TJ with his first assignment as a head coach out there. I think the biggest thing was his enthusiasm that that anything that you do in life, if you do it with enthusiasm, that's the way to approach it, you know. And and I know I drive my son crazy because, you know, I even do that with like cutting, like menial chores, cutting the grass. I always try to do it the best, do it better than I did the day before. And, you know, that was, that was one thing that Ronnie always instilled in us was, you know, um, do it right the first time because when are you going to have time to do it a second time? And that's basically how I've approached 
my job, my coaching, my refereeing, anything that I've I've been involved with, whether I'm playing music, you know, always do it the best you can do it, and you know, you might not get a second chance. The way he interacted with other people and the way he taught the kids, what, what did you take away from that? Well, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny when we were having, you know, when we were having the lifestyle race for a coach, you know, all these people that really didn't know him when they were talking about, you know, when the players were talking about all this stuff that happened back in the 60s and 70s and early 80s, some of these people, their jaws dropped because he said, well, that couldn't have been, that couldn't have been coach. (laughs) And, but he evolved. He was, he was very intense. Um, You know, he was, he had his towel and he would beat the floor and he was intense. But um, what I, what I noticed is as he got older and was really, I mean, he, he, he always had confidence about his abilities, but what happened is as he got older, you could see him evolving, you know, f- instead of being, you know, that, um, you know, that really aggressive person to be more of the, you know. Did, did you soften the edges a, a little bit for him or did you help I, do that? I, I don't know if it was me. I just think, uh, I, I just think, you know, he was such a reader and, you know, he, he would read, you know, how other coaches do things. And I just think um, what he did, Greg, was he he kind of evolved a different philosophy as he got older from all of these other areas that he was reading about how guys did things and stuff. And he would he was very um, self reflective, and he would go back and say, "Well, maybe I try." And he was he would try it, and if it worked, that was something he kept. Yeah. And that's you know I you know I've, I've I watched how he did it, and that's that's kind of how I've tried to evolve to be more of a mentor. You know, be more of the you know, more patient with people and, 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 and not be so demanding. Yeah. I mean, his passing, I mean, it was, it was so sudden a couple of years ago. I mean, he was going, he, he, he loved sports. I mean, he was, uh, and he loved going to ball games and he was, he was, he was entering the stadium at the university of Maryland and, and he, he, he collapsed. And the next thing you know, he's not with us anymore. Just how did, how did you react to the news of his passing? Um, it was surreal. I mean, I was uh, when I when I got the call. Uh, you know, I I thought somebody was pulling my leg, but uh, you know, then what happened is, you know, my phone started blowing up with other calls and different things. So you know, the reality really set in. Um, you know, you can't replace him. You know, um, but the, the main thing is, um, the way I looked at it is, I had a lot longer to be around him and to. Um, work with him and to, you know, take a lot of his teachings and stuff and move on with it than a lot of people did. You know, I, I had a long span with him, almost, you know, almost 50 years. Right. And, and he, he was on your staff uh, right right from right from the start, right? Yes. At, at Middletown, along with Wanda Atkins. I mean, you have a band called The Relics, but 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 the, your basketball band is is that group right there. You, Wanda, and, and, and Ronnie, right? Right, yeah. I have. How did you guys come together? Well, Wanda had been out there with Mark, Mark Miller, who had been to coach. And then when Mark moved on to uh, Mount St. Mary's and some other places, um, you know, she worked for Bill File. She's been, she had been out at Middletown forever as soon as she graduated. And Coach had been out there. And so the only piece that came in was me coming back to Middletown. And, um, you know, we, we knew each other, and we all had the same philosophies for basketball. So we kind of put it together. And, you know, it's funny because 
you know, as you speak of that, Wanda's with me now at TJ. <laughs> right. The, 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 the band is back together. Yes. And, and, and uh, you know, I've added two new collective pieces, uh, Paul Jennings and, and Gina Ehring. And, and that's, that's how coaching is. You know, you have certain people that, um, that you, you know, that, that wherever you go, you take them with you just because, you know, there's a comfort level. And then hopefully you can find a piece or two to add to that, uh, you know, that just keeps making things better. Yeah. And you guys are off to a good start at TJ, uh, 3-0, right? Uh, yes, we just finished up. Uh, that's why I tell the audience, sorry about my voice, but uh, we, we, we've had – I thought you weren't a yeller and a screamer. No, it's just tiredness. We, we yeah. just, we've had like – you're, you're getting old. Guys. I am. I am. Uh, we had an, we've had an NBA schedule. We played Friday against Westminster last week, and then we came back and we played uh, North Hagerstown Monday, and uh, we played uh, – Watkins Mill last night, and we got Damascus tomorrow night, and then we come back Newtown on Monday, South Hagerstown on Tuesday. Like, uh, the only thing that's missing are like back to backs and stuff like that. Yeah, so. it's 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 like an NBA schedule. So we're going to have played in this two week schedule, Greg. We're going to have played almost a third of our uh, over a third of our game schedule in two weeks. So do you scale back practices as a result? Yeah, or? Yeah, yeah, you have to. You have you know it's just uh, you know you come in and do some film film work and. Get up a bunch of shots, you know. Get some stretching in. Just make sure that you know you got the game plan in for the next day, and you just go roll it. So tell us about your team this year. I mean, it sounds like there's some there's some promise there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was it was a great situation to walk into. I mean, you know, you have we had some really good senior players that's that's back. You know, uh, Bree Forbes and uh, Daisha Reed and Simone Walmsley. They're you know they're they were the building blocks around this and. Um, you know, we had a transfer in from Walks for Walkersville, Jenna Dawson, and she's moved in to the point guard spot and doing a very good job for us. And um, then we had a, um, a girl that had been at TJ, went to St. John's, or yeah, St. John's, and came back, and uh, that's Sean Jones. So she's a ninth grader. So she's she's really you know going to be a good player too. So that that's you know who we've kind of you know that's who our kind of core five is right now and then we have some really good people and, and, and you knew this obviously before you accepted the job right you, you knew there were some players in, in the system I right? knew I knew the three were there and some other you know some other players but um you know um I knew last year that Sean was probably going over to St. John's and I was happily you know surprised that she only stayed over about two weeks and then came back to TJ and then I didn't know that Jenna was going to transfer in from Walkersville. So, you know, we've, we've had some nice pieces come in, and, you know, we've had some pieces that hadn't played for a couple years come back to play. So we were able to put a nice squad of uh, 12 kids together. So we're really tickled with what we have. What are your expectations for this group? I mean, you guys share a region with the two-time reigning Class 3A champions, Frederick. I mean, they seem like the measuring stick. But what, what have you told your girls about – Taking on that challenge, taking on a team like Frederick. Well, you know, Coach Bush has done an excellent job. We're, you know, I, I've known her family for years and years, and uh, she's done a wonderful job there at Frederick High School with the team. I uh, went down and saw them play against Linger the other night. Um, you, you're right that that would be the team that you measure yourself. Um, you know, at this point, when when we came in and we were putting this together with the team. You know, the the main thing I wanted them to do, you know, you, I, I really don't like – I'm at a point now where wins and losses, if you do the right thing, the wins will come. And um, the main thing I was trying to sell to them is, you know, we have to adopt a different philosophy, you know, 
to be able to compete with teams like Frederick and Linganore and the Oakdales and those those type of teams, and um, you know not get caught up in wins and losses, but to compete. You know that's one thing that that I think Coach Bush will say that is really good for her team, whether they win or lose. Daggone, they come out and they compete every night. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna claw and scrap and bite and do whatever they need, but they're gonna compete, and that's that's basically what uh, you know. The piece that we've been trying to bring into TJ again is, you know, get in here and be really competitive every game, whether you win or lose it, but let them know you were there. Is it going to be strange for you walking into your alma mater when you play them and and, and coaching against Middletown? I mean, you're on Ron Angle Court coaching against Middletown. Is that that going to be weird for you? Yeah, well, um, you know, I've had a little bit of, of that going back, you know, with the game with the TJ boys game, we've been, you know, you do home away one game every year. So I've been out there. Uh, I live out there. Um, you know, uh, my, my heart and stuff is with TJ now. Right. You know, uh, it's just another place to play. You Mm -hmm. know, I I had my time out there, you know, um, and now, you know, you move on, you move on to other areas, you know, and, and try to stretch yourself. So this was, uh, the opportunity for me to stretch myself. So, you know, I had a good run at Middletown, uh, had a good run with the boys, and now we're going to try to have a good run with the girls. Right. Your, your, your love affair with basketball began, obviously, at a very young age. But how did it begin? How, how did you become so addicted to basketball? Oh, man. I love sports. I mean, you know, when you live in a Middletown time, at that time, you, you played everything. You know, when baseball was in time, you played baseball and then football, and then you just rolled into basketball. And then, like I said, I was lucky enough to have – a guy rolling in the middle town that was crazy passionate about basketball. And, you know, I hung with the Scheffler, with the Scheffler brothers. I was actually kind of thought of as the fourth Scheffler. And I hung around with Brian and he took me everywhere. And, um, you know, we just, we just started, you know, you just started hanging with them and the older guys and just fell in love with the game and just, just all the aspects. And, and you just never can learn it all. You know, Did you have a hoop in your driveway and stuff like that too, um, or would you have to go elsewhere and play? Well, you know, I got to give give my father credit. Where we lived, you know, he knew I had a passion for that, and he he worked for Montgomery County Public Schools was a director of maintenance. And one year they were they were renovating these gyms, and him and a couple guys went down and they took an actual basketball hoop from outside the gym and they came. And they put in this patio, and and God, he's probably spent more money than he should. But I had this great workout area at my house, and that that I mean, I, I thank my parents so much for for providing that because I, I mean, I spent hours out there just working on my game. Right, Bill, you're you're a bit vertically challenged, like I am. I mean, you're not you're not you're not the tallest guy in the world. Five eleven, so, baby. So so how did you how did you make it in 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 basketball for so long as a player? Um. I was I was lucky. Uh, I was pretty quick, and uh, you know I could handle the ball and uh, had a pretty good knowledge of the game. Had a little toughness, and uh, you know you, I I have I did fill out a little bit, you know, as I as I got older. But uh, you know, uh, size. Coach always had a thing in there that says, you know, it's not the size of the dog in the fight; it's the size of fighting the dog. And I was one of those type of guys. I was pretty scrappy, and you know. Um, just you'd have to kill me if you're going to beat me. And that's pretty much 
philosophy I've had, you know, all the way through athletics. And where does that competitiveness come from? Your, your father, your mother, or uh, another relative? <laughs> no, I just um, I always wanted to be the best I could be, you know, with whatever you do, you know, whatever talents you're given. And, and the Lord did give me some pretty good talents. I mean, I, I wasn't huge, but I had some other talents that um, that made up for that. And, um, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't afraid to work. And, uh, you know, people, older people will tell you, you know, in Middletown, you know, anytime that I would go anywhere in town, I always had a basketball. I was always driving a basketball somewhere. And, you know, they, and they, <laughs> that was just, just a passion. And, you know, they'd laugh at it. You know, they said, there he goes with his basketball again, you know, drove up, drove up the mains, uh, meat market to get a pound of ground beef, drove up left-handed and drove home right-handed carrying the, the meat, That just that kind of crazy stuff. And uh, But just became, you know, just like I said, when Coach came out there, it was just uh, a beautiful relationship. You know, I, there was a guy that had to say he had more passion for it than I did. Yeah, and, you finally met a guy that matched your passion, just, yeah. And like I said, I, that that's the only thing I really miss – you know, um, that, that he actually got me into refereeing because he used to run a Saturday morning league for kids who didn't make our basketball team. And um, on Saturday mornings, we he would run a three, you know, six-team league up there. So I would go up and referee the games with him. And then there was a restaurant. It's now called Dempsey, but at the time it was called the Valley Inn. And, uh, you know, for I'd go up there at 9 o'clock in the morning. We'd get done 12 and then we'd get down to the Valley Inn and we'd sit there and cheeseburger, French fries, and a drink. But then, but the best part about that was, you know, we'd spend all that time together. But we'd sit there and 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 same thing when we'd go up the mount with Coach Phelan on, you know, we'd have the paper on the desk and we would just be sitting there talking about basketball and this and that and, uh, you know, that's that's the main things that 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 I miss that he's not here is you know being able to go and sit down. Have a cheeseburger and and uh, after just doing talk some, hoops, yeah, yeah, and just and uh, you know that's the thing you know when we would work all these camps and stuff like up at Blue Ridge with Coach Phelan or work up with Coach Robertson up at you know up at his camp and you know just it, it you know just the teaching during the day but then being able to come and you know decompress after that sit down have a Gatorade or whatever and just sit down and just you know talk stories and and crazy stuff that you know, that had happened in, in their careers. It was priceless. You were a good enough player that you were on the phone one time with Bobby Kremens, uh, you said. Yeah, uh, I, I had a chance to play for him down at Appalachian State. He had recruited me, and, and I had verbally committed to get down there. And uh, some, I guess it was, uh, you know, kismet because um, he got the Georgia Tech job that same, that same summer. Um, the guy that took over – um, I'm not, I wasn't quite sure he didn't recruit me. He wasn't the guy that was kind of like my handler and I wasn't sure I was going to get quite the same shot that I would have had with coach Crimmins. But, um, I came up coach Panza at FCC, uh, when I went back to some of the other schools like VCU, um, George Mason, some of those schools that had recruited me, you know, they pretty much had their state, you know, had their team by then. So, uh, I did a year of JUCO and then, uh, friend of mine got the job at the University of Buffalo and I moved up there and played you know played for him up there so it worked out it was it's was probably supposed to be that way right and then, and then you got into officiating give me a good officiating story because you you officiated some some high level college basketball what, what, what's your best officiating story um well I 
I wasn't working that game, but I went with a guy that was working the game because I was going to be working. It was kind of like a tournament, and he was. Um, we we were going. He was working Syracuse game, and on the flight up, that was when the Coach, Big East was one of your conferences. Yes, yeah, and that was when Coach um, Beheim was having some marital troubles, and unbeknownst to us while we were sitting on the plane the two ladies in front of us with both his wife and his girlfriend oh no kidding so the guy that was working the game that i went with he kept when we walked into gym coach Beheim got on him pretty good and uh he just kept telling him the official i was with us said look he said uh he kept telling coach Beheim, don't go home tonight and so whole during the game Beheim's asking him what do you mean by don't go home, don't go home? So then it was a couple weeks later down at Georgetown, and Beheim ripped him one because he said, you should have told me, <laughs> you know, that my wife and my, you know. Yeah, but, right. Now, you know, he got divorced, the woman he's been married to, I think, for 35 years. But the funny part about that was, you know. How did the, how did the wife and the girlfriend end up next sitting next to each it, other? It, she was, the girlfriend was going up, I guess, to watch and they just ended up on the same plane? Just ended up on the same plane. And, and, it was, and we're sitting right next to each other. And we're sitting behind in the next seats. And the funny thing was, is you could hear him talking. You know, what's your husband do? Oh, he's a coach. Oh, really? Well, my boy. <laughs> so, you know, trade, trading story. It sounds familiar. And we're sitting behind him just laughing. <laughs> what's his name? Jim. What's Oh, my, my, my boyfriend's name is Jim, too. That's exactly it. So we're sitting back here laughing because the guy I'm with, he's going, I can't wait. He said, I got him now. He said, I can just tweak, you know, just – Torment the devil out of him all game. So, what what conferences were your responsibility? I was on. I was in the Big East. I was in American East, um, Metro Atlantic. You know, be like Siena and that uh, Manhattan College. Um, I worked the MEAC, which would be like Coppin Coppin State. You know, uh, Howard University, Maryland Eastern Shore, um, Colonial. Uh, now a lot of these a lot of these schools have jumped around there. You know, the Colonial used to be like Delaware and those schools. You know. Um, um, James Madison, but you know they've all jumped around. But I was in that conference, uh, PSAC, uh, WIAC, West Virginia Conference with Shepherd, and then a couple Division three. So yeah, I work about a hundred games a year. Right, what was what was the biggest game you ever officiated, or the best game you ever officiated? Uh, I got I I did the Division three championship game um, out at Terre Haute, Indiana. So I was you know. And I worked some conference games, you know, some league conference games. Would you do like Big East tournament type type games and um, stuff like that? So yeah, you, you know, um, league tournament stuff. Yes. Yeah. Was there a memorable game? A memorable player? Who who who'd you officiate? Um, what's what is it? Was there a really memorable player or a big name player you officiated? Stevie, well, like you know, um, guide probably there was a lot of big name players, but probably. Um, Probably the the one that I got to know the best was Stevie Francis when he played you know, when he over at, at Allegheny. When he was at Allegheny, but then when he went down to Maryland, um, I was I was in the Big South and which is a feeder to the um, ACC, and we would get calls to do scrimmages and stuff. So we used to do a lot of scrimmages down there for Maryland stuff. So I mean, I knew I knew him from Allegheny, and then you know as he moved on with the Houston Rockets and stuff, you know we kind of knew each other. Right. Now, nowadays, officials live pretty plush lifestyles in, in, in college and the NBA. What, what was life on the road like back back when you no, were doing it, it? Well, like I said, these guys. You guys, you guys were taken care of, uh, yeah, I, I assume. Uh, yeah. You know, the high school guys now, I think, are making like 55 or $60 in, you know, a game, a high school game. But, you know, these college games, when 
when we were working, you know, the game fee was like a thousand bucks just for the game fee and not counting your per diem, your travel, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, I'm sure that it's probably $1,500 or more now game, you know, game fee, but yeah, you know, guys, you know, big time guys like Jamie Lucky, Teddy Valentine, them, they, you know, probably make $150,000, $200,000 a year. Right. And then if they run camps and stuff like that, you know, they're, you know, they can. They, for- they, they don't need other jobs. No, they can afford yeah. a few cheeseburgers. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they could, but but the travel had to be uh, tiresome at, at some can, point because you you were doing three or four games a week. Sometimes. You can you can you know um, you can get tied up and and travel. You can go from New York. You know, if you're working American East, you know, you went from uh, New Hampshire to Florida. You know, with the conferences we were working. So you know, you, um, there was a lot of travel time and you know a lot of a lot of time away from home. Right, but you ne- but you never worked the Northeast Conference, which I found interesting because you're 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 from the be- you're in the backyard of Mount St. Mary's. Right, it was here. well. There used to be a guy. The assignator's name was Ed, Ed Cartado, and um, you know, as I was telling you prior to the show, um, you know, the Northeast was almost like you know, it was almost like Goodfellas. You know, if you didn't if you didn't have somebody, you know, was going to you had to be connected. You had to be connected, and uh, you know, I knew some guys, but just never got the opportunity to work the Northeast. It would have been fun. But, uh, you know, just never got that conference. But uh, I knew a lot of guys that worked in there, so it was fun to go up watching a mound game and be able to yell at them. And obviously you and Coach Phelan would give each other hell every, every now and then. Yeah, Coach, uh, Coach was, um, you know, when I, when I first went up, I was able to start work for him like in seventh grade as a, as a, as a counselor. Um, you know, we were working at the old Memorial Gym, and, you know, we'd go in his office, and, you know, he had all these file cabinets, and I was like, oh, my God, he's got, like, you know, he'd been up here all these years. He's probably got all this knowledge in there. And um, the funny thing was when we when we opened up one of the things, I don't know if most people know, the coach loved horses. Coach Fan was a big and, – and all those files were all of these programs for all the race – you know, all the race forms and stuff for years and years and years. He could tell you everything. His horses was sired by this and this and this and this. He, he was just amazing uh, breadth of knowledge on on the horse racing industry. Yeah. Did you, did you place any bets with him or um, mm. did, did you take his advice? No. No. Money was uh, – money with me is uh, – <laughs> <laughs> too know. hard to work for to yeah, it, it, give it away it, that it, easy right it, it's, a, it's a precious commodity <laughs> uh, uh, obviously so hey you just won I think your 100th game at Middletown uh, you're, you're sound asleep and, and, and your phone rings and it's I don't even know if the sun is up yet now, it was about 6 o'clock in the morning we had uh, Coach Engel and I had went back to the Ambrose to celebrate the win and phone rings you know, at that time in the morning you think probably somebody's died right <laughs> Yeah. So I didn't know the number, but I hear this raspy voice on the end, and he wants to know if, if Coach Miskell is there. And I, I said, yes, it's Coach Miskell. Why did, why did you answer the phone? Like, why did you even answer that? It's, I it's guess what when, you do. Yeah, I guess you do. But I said, this is him. And, and I hear this. He starts talking. He said, man, he no, put, no color ID back then. No, yeah. and he starts getting on. He said, man, he said, I can't believe they put this in the paper. This you, you about winning a hundred games, so then he says, you know, he said, look, when you win seven hundred five more, give me a call. So then he starts laughing like he used to, and then, he, uh, like I said, Coach Phelan was was always very considerate with that kind of stuff. And uh, eight hundred plus wins later, yeah. yeah. But um, like I said, he was very considerate, and he, you know, took the time to call me. Uh, he called me on my hundredth win. And he called me on my two hundredth win, and uh, you know, there's a guy um, that that's 
I guess you need to go back to what we talked about earlier. That's what basketball is about. And while I've enjoyed being with this because you know, there's a guy that's won 805 games, it's in the College Hall of Fame, should really be in the – Naismith. Exactly. He, you know, he did not wait till he dies to get him in there. He should be down now so he could – he should have been in there a long time ago so he could enjoy it. But, you know, he took the time to call, you know, a guy that used to work camps for him to let me know that, that he knew that I was doing a good job. And yeah, he's a prince, prince, a prince of a guy, and an that, absolute uh, prince of a guy. That, that kind of stuff, you know, Coach Robertson was that way, Coach Engel was that way, you know, all the guys that, you know, Coach Panza, all the guys that I was lucky enough, you know, Coach Hughes up at Buffalo, all the guys I was able to be around, they were always so considerate about that and, and, and made you feel, you know, more special than maybe you were. When you were reffing, what was your relationship like with the Jim Beheim, the John Thompsons, and, and, and the Jim Calhouns and those types of guys? They, those guys, you know, um, they're they're not any different than anybody else. You know, they got a job to do. They just make more money than than, than everybody else does. Right. But uh, um, you they, know, did, did you guys give each other a hard time? Did they give you a hard time, or did it, you give them a hard time? It, it's or? it's it's just it's strange. You know, once they get to know you, you know, it's you know, it's different than high school basketball because in high school basketball that. You know, that's a, it's not your vocation, it's an advocation. And, you know, when you get up on that level, that's those guys' jobs. And, you know, you, you can't go out there and be. You know, right. They got to win. Right. And, and they're going to work you, but, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's what your job is, too, is to, you know, be able to handle those situations and, and call ball games and, and not put situations in there. And, and you were the point man on the crew? You were, you were the head guy? Or well, you, it, it varied or. As as you get older, you move up. You know, you could be the crew chief in games. Um, after you know, by the time I got into you know my twelfth, thirteenth year, you know, I was crew chief on some games. So you know, that's you know, you kind of evolve and get up there once you have some experience and knowledge. Right. Is is, is Bayheim really a whiner like like everyone yeah. s- says he and is? And Gary Williams was just as bad as as everybody thought about him. Right. The funny thing about him was he would just sweat through clothes. Right. I mean, he was, it was amazing what he would do. But, what, what about Big John, Big John Thompson? Um, he he could, you know, the best thing was the best thing was when you would see him down at the, the Big East summer summer camps. That that was where you really got to see Coach Thompson. He was he's funny as a devil. Yeah, he's funny as a devil, and just see he still holds court down there in the Kenner summer. I don't think they call it the Kenner anymore, but uh, he still holds court down there. Hey, Bill, you're a huge uh, sports fan. I mean, you go down to spring training with the Yankees. Uh, every year you're, you're, you're down in Florida quite a bit, and, and, and you just love sports. I mean, and, and being a former official, does the NFL have an officiating problem right now? Is, think, is, is there a crisis of officiating in the NFL? Well, you know, it's funny because a guy that, a guy that um, does their analysis on there, Terry McCauley, yeah. I, I, I started off with Terry Nicolonial, and, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to talk to him recently, but um, I, I do think that they do. I, I, the game's too. The rule book's too big, right? I mean, the, there's too many flags, right? Well, I just think the old adage "keep it simple, stupid." I think you know sometimes you know they're they're trying to um, evolve the game, and I, I'm not I'm not quite sure that's all. You know that some of the stuff that they've put in there has actually benefited the game. You know, like what's what's a catch and all that. Right. I mean, you're you're going through all that. So right. I mean, it, it seems like there's a lot of ambiguity now with a lot of these calls. Yeah, and and um, 
you know, you know, if you can, like I said, if you can make it more cut and dry, but, um, you know, I, I don't know which direction they're going to go. You know, um, like I said, I, I listened to Terry on there, and I think that's one of the reasons that he got out and you know, retired from officiating and got into – That's you know, the, that's the gig now. You, you, you get into television, they're paying you just as much money, if not more. And you don't and, have the and, and you don't have to deal with any of the same stuff. way with, same way with Gene's territory. I mean, Gene's still refereeing, you know, college basketball games in the wintertime, but he's also – you know, doing the, the rules analysis. Uh, He's from Washington, PA, where my where my, well, where my but, grandparents live. But I'm yeah. saying that's what him and yeah. Terry are now doing for uh, Fox Fox Sports. And you're right. I mean, they probably make the same amount of money and have less headache than they would, you know, being out there on the field. Well, what is the fraternity of officials like? Because, I mean, you would see these guys in the airport. I mean, you, you'd cross paths with them all the time. <laughs> it is just like <laughs> – you have some you like, you have some you don't like. Right. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have to work with guys that you don't like. How, how do you do that? You work just, with a guy that you can't stand. <laughs> you just go in and you think, you know, you know that you got a game to do. and You and, and uh, you just do the job. You go in, call the game, get your paycheck, and go. Yeah. You know, it, you, that that's uh, – I'm sure there's doctors and lawyers and stuff that have to deal with pa- patients and clients that they don't like. Right. But you still have to go in and do what you need to do and um, – and be professional about it and move on. And this ref job kept some money in your pocket. I mean, you were yeah. able to live a, 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 a pretty good life we, uh, with we, the money you made. Yeah. The, we, the kids went to Disney World uh, quite a few times. We, we made a few trips I, down I there. So. <laughs> Related to basketball or, or in the summer for fun or in we, the offseason? We, we would go down. Uh, that was that was the big family trip. You know, we would squirrel away some of the basketball money, and then we'd take a family trip down to uh, – you know, right there before school start. Right. How hard is it? I mean, they, they say officiating is a thankless job. If you do it well, no one ever talks about you. If, if, if you make some bad calls, everyone's yelling and screaming at you. And if, if, if you know an official's name, it, that might not be the best thing. Uh, like, like, like how tough a job is officiating and, and, and why did you love it so much? Um, I wanted to stay close to the game. And when I first got finished college – there was no way that I could coach because I would have expected players to put in the same time, the same effort that I did to get where I was at, and I I would have burned out. I I probably you know I'd have probably had a Bobby Knight situation throwing chairs at people, something like that, and I didn't want that. So I I wanted to stay close to the game. So um, officiating seemed to be the way to go, and in Frederick County at that time. They had some legendary officials at the time. You know, they had Bill Seedling, they had Jack Patterson, they had Sonny Blank, they had Ronnie Tyre, um, um, Gene Foltz, you know, those type of guys. Um, and, um, I, you know, they had refereed me when I had played, and, you know, Mike Long and them, so they, you know, they sent out a kind of thing, you know, hey, you know, did you ever think about getting officiating? Well, I had done all that you know, all, for years coming up through camps as a counselor. So it wasn't that big a transition. And and having played was an advantage also. You know, you could anticipate stuff, knew what was going to be happening. And got into it, and it was really funny because they used to have a rule back in Frederick County Board that you'd have to work like five years before you would um, get a full varsity schedule. And I refereed, you know, doing JV, ninth grade, that kind of stuff my first year, and some of the coaches – went to the board and said, why is this guy doing JV in ninth grade? And we need one. So I got bumped up my second year to do a varsity schedule. 
and that was the first year I went down to a state, uh, did a state tournament as an official. I did uh, six straight state tournaments, and um, then I was able to move on to made the jump to college, and I, I've, I didn't have to come back to referee high school basketball, so I was very lucky. I mean, and you know all these officials too. One thing that I find striking about you is when you when you're when you're coaching a game, you're referring to the official officials by name. It's not hey ref, you missed that call. It's it's hey John or hey Sam or well, or hey hey Ronnie, you missed that call. I mean, you, you sort of personalize the relationship a, a, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, how, how do you know all these officials? Just just through your connections, e- or? either either I. Either I refereed them when they were coming up as things, you know, as as players, or they were refereeing. You know, they refereed when I was, you know, at Middletown or at TJ, uh, or you know, we've known each other from a lot of different things. But um, you know, uh, I try to watch. Like I said, I used to be, I, I wasn't uh, tremendously aggressive at officials. You know, I. It, I think the thing early in my career was if guys misinterpreted rules or something that made a disadvantage for me, that kind of drove me crazy. And, you know, I would question them on that, you know. How many times have you been teed up in your career? In, let's see, this is my 15. I would say less than five. Less than five times. Less than five tees in your entire career. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you. (laughs) Are they scared of you or? No, no. It's just, um, I guess, you know, when you, if you do it the right way and you get your point across, but you don't go over the line, you don't grandstand, then most times guys will back away from it as long as you back away. But, um, but, you know, like I said, I have mellowed, you know, I, I, I basically just coach my team and, you know, if, if there's some discussional stuff, I do it in a little bit different way than I've done it in the past. I'm not asking you to name names, but what is the state of high school officiating in in, in Frederick County at the moment? Good, bad, indifferent? Um, it, it's like anything. There's good officials. There's bad officials. You know, um, I, you know, I've had you know, there's some guys in in Frederick County that are really good, and there's some guys you know, and and ladies that are you know that are really good and there's some guys and some ladies that are really bad you know it's, it's you know it, it, all, it all depends on what given night it's a it's a tough job you know and um you know that's one of the, i guess that's one of the points i've been you know I, I they don't get the numbers like they used to years ago you know there used to be you know i, I remember when i first started there, there would be 60 70 guys you know that were part of the 214 you know the local board and you know now you know, you know. I know as recently a couple of years ago, you know, they were have to take a lot of dual members to cover the games and stuff like that. So, and, and it and it's because of stuff that you talked about. You know, you know, fans and stuff can can be pretty. You know, can be yeah, pretty thankless. Thankless. It's a thankless job, and you know, I, I can't say that during the six years that I refereed high, I I had got a reputation where if I walked in the gym. They knew they were going to have a good game that night, so you know it. I, I never had that kind of 
you know, reputation, you know, saying when I walk in, it wasn't like, oh, God, he's here tonight. It was, it was, oh, man, we're glad you're here. So, do you, so, do you say that? Do you be like, oh, he's here tonight or she's here tonight? Or, I mean, subconsciously, yeah. <laughs> right? You, you, you don't vocalize it with your, you don't say it under your breath with your assistant coaches or anything no, like that? No, no, no. I, I try, you know, basically you have to take whatever crew that you have and, you know, you just got to work. But 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 you sort of know what to expect though, right? Yeah, everybody has their certain. You know, you know, which, yeah. you know, you certain crews, certain guys have certain styles, and, right? You know, certain games are going to be a little bit more physical than other ones. You know, right. it's, so you just have to. You know, it's just like a player; you have to adjust. I have to adjust. Players have to adjust. Fans have to adjust. When you watch basketball on TV now, are, how closely do you pay attention to the way it's officiated? I, I'll watch a lot of times. You you know. Um, I'll see people like, you know, like a friend of mine, you know, if I know a guy I either work with or I'm still friends with, and they're still working games, you know, and I have their phone number, you know, like I know there was a guy working a game in, in the Bahamas over, you know. Thanksgiving, yeah. yeah. And they had a rough thing, so I, you know, I would text him, you know, you know what are you guys doing? <laughs> Right, you know, just stuff do you, like. Do you text guys that you know that you missed well, that, you you missed that call or something or, like that? I was, yeah. you know, it's, it's sometimes you know I try, you know, you know they've got a thankless job too. So, but you know, sometimes just to just to tweak them a little bit, you send something to them and say. And, and what do they respond? How do they respond? Do they just say, "Oh, that missed school," or uh, I, I can't, I can't, oh, I can't, can't verbalize that okay. on. Uh, All right, well, this, yes, this is a family friendly. <laughs> if you had a ten second delay, so. I could tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> When you watched a player like Shaq, I mean, is that an impossible player to officiate? I mean, he's just so big, and every play it seems could be an offensive foul, or no. or, it could, or, or it could be a foul against the defense. Here, here's the secret, Greg: the the higher every step that you go up officiating, the easier it gets. Easier? Why? Because the level of the ability of the players is better. So, you know, they can do so much incredible stuff. The only thing you have to do is just make sure you don't get in the way and wreck the in, game and in, in, right inhibit them or have interrupters in there that shouldn't be in that's there. what they're doing in the nfl though aren't they aren't some of them wrecking the game a, a, there, there's a, some a inter- little bit yeah there's some interrupters that probably shouldn't be but right. that's that's you know that's the art of of officiating you know but the, you know the, i i guess the one thing that neither one of us knows is what the league office is telling these guys yeah how to officiate the games i mean you know there are standards and specs and stuff how they want you know how they want the games called or you know Right. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, if you're looking for something to do on New Year's Eve, uh, Bill is in a band. <laughs> he's, the, he's the puppy of the band. He's the youngest in the yes. band. The band is called The Relics, and you guys are playing where? At the, at, we, at, at we, the Moose Lodge? We or? are at the Frederick Moose. You must have did some research on that. Uh, yes. A little birdie told me, I guess. Yeah, so. we, we will be there. Uh, we're almost sold out. I mean, we, we've been there. This will be our third year we've played there, so... I mean, we still have tickets. You know, the numbers posted there. You have we, to stay up until three a.m. or something. No, like that, no, or? we do. We do the. Um, we do a, a different type of thing. We start at eight thirty, and uh, as soon as the ball drops, twelve thirty, we're out of there. Okay. So we you do. Have go, a, you have to go to bed, right? Yeah. Well, you know, you have an hour. It takes about an hour to get everything packed up after you're done. So it's you know, till you get home, it's about two o'clock. So it's almost that time, but you don't have to play that long anymore. So basketball is your passion. It's taken up so much of your life. So how did you how did you carve out this little musical career of yours? Uh, I was looking for extra money when I got back from school, 
had that skill being able to play drums. And um, and how did you develop that? What, what, do you well, bang on do you bang on things as a kid or something? Well, or, um, yeah, I think we all do that. But I, I think the main thing was is um, one of my favorite teams was uh, North Carolina with Dean Smith and. I'm dating myself, and probably, that's one of your. That's one of your play. I, I don't know what what the play is, and I hope I'm not giving anything away. But that's one of your play uh, calls, right? Yeah. yeah, Carolina. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but um, as a kid growing up, dating myself, probably I don't know if you will remember, but they had a point guard during Dean Smith's time down there named Phil Ford. A little before my time, okay. but, but I've heard. But of the when name, they went, yeah. when they ran the four corners offense, Phil was you know he played in the NBA and stuff. Great player, and I. Thought he was just a bomb and uh, found out that he played drums. And I said, well, Phil Ford can play drums. <laughs> and it helps his dexterity. I said, that's what I'm going to do. So uh, I started playing drums in fourth grade. My mother was tremendous. You know, so was my father. But my mother was the big advocate, and she made sure I had drum equipment, drum set, first set I ever owned. My mother went and got for Christmas. And uh so she still comes and hears, you know, she still comes and loves to hear the performances. So, uh, but it's been a, it's been a nice skill, you know, and something to make some money. And, and you can sing too. I mean, I, I, I heard, I heard you singing and it, it, it's good. Uh, trust me, folks, Bill can sing. Yeah. I've had, uh, you know, I have people that, uh, they don't run off and cover their ears, but, uh, yeah, any one of us that in, in the sports department here, <laughs> some, some windows might shatter or yeah, something well, we, like that. Well, but, you um, know, when, when Collie starts singing, you know, that's all trouble. kind of cats start. You yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> it's like nails on a chalkboard almost. So, but, but, but you could think, how, how did you, how did you develop that? Um, was at a club one night and a drummer, uh, became incapacitated uh, the guy that what, was... He, what, he fell or something? Or what What happened? No, what, did, he, did he bang himself on the head or something have, with one of his drumsticks? Or I what, have, what did I he have, do? Uh, Greg, that, that's the greatest. We'd have to call Colombo to see why he was uh, All right. He well, was we might have way. to do that. But uh, got the opportunity to play that night with that band. And uh, two weeks later, the guy called me, and the rest is history. Yeah, so, but but yeah, but he said, but he said you have to be able to sing, though, right? When 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 he did offer me the job, he said that was part of the requirement is that you'd have to be able to sing had lead, you, sing had, harmony. Had you ever sung in public before? No. Well, what were you? And that didn't scare you away? No, no. He, uh, you know, he thought I had a pretty decent voice. Okay. And, uh, I could and so he had on, heard he had heard you sing before. Well, when we when we were down to rehearsal, you know, we were running through some songs and stuff. So he. Thought I had a pretty good pitch and stuff, could stay on pitch, and uh, you know had pretty good, you know, approach to how to sing. And he, he was, he worked with me, you know, and what I didn't know, I learned. And now after 35 years, you you know you kind of figure out how to do things, and you know you know what your range is, and know what songs you sing well, and what style of songs that you sing. And how did the relics uh, come together? Uh, I was playing with a band called uh, Street Noise, been with them like 15 years, it was all friends that had been with other bands. And I was getting ready, we were all in our 40s, just like 42, we were all getting ready to, um, you know, maybe go different direction. And I was getting ready to get out. And um, we were playing a big um, a big show down at the, uh, what's I'm not sure what it's called now, but it's the old, Holiday Inn, it must be a Clarion now. Yeah, Clarion Inn, right, down by the mall, the Franciscaki Mall. Right, there was like 600 people there that night for the show, and they came up looking for a drummer, and they saw the show, so then they offered the opportunity to get together and maybe jam, 
and went down there and took my drums. We sat there, we jammed for about half an hour, and they're big. Uh, the 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 person that's one of the people that's in the band is a tremendous. They're from New York, so they're big Yankee and Met fans. Do you but go down to spring training with them, or they do now? They come down with me oh, now. They, they do. Yeah, yeah. So, but she found out I was a big Yankee fan, and uh, she that was the, you know, not only could I cover my instrument and do what they needed, but you can you talk know, sports. But being a Yankee fan, she said I couldn't be that bad. Right <laughs> there, you go. And and you you're the lead singer for the band and the drummer, or you're you're, uh, I'm you're one of one of the lead I, singers. Or? There's one other guy that's uh, that we split. You know. He sings lead half the time. I sing lead half. And how long are your sets usually? Forty-five minutes. Okay. Sometimes you know if we're playing Baker Park for a summer concert or outdoor shows, they might be our sets. And and you're doing what? A couple of those a night, or just one forty-five minute set? Um, It all depends. If you're doing uh, doing carnivals or outdoor shows, you'll probably do two one-hour shows. Okay. Yeah. You know, nothing tremendously taxing you know right so, so at the it, it, so at the moose on new year's eve what you'll get up at what eight thirty or nine o'clock we'll start or something we'll, or, yeah. we'll play four sets four sets okay yeah. and they're each an hour or no uh, it'll be just, about 40 minutes 40 40, 40 minutes okay uh-huh. where, where do you find the energy to to do all this stuff i mean you're, you're getting i'm getting old you're getting old we're all we're all I, getting I, old Bill. i think i still look pretty good you at 57. do <laughs> you, you do uh, you're, you're you're holding up well um so. i i it's you know, I work with kids every day. I have a great job um, with what I do, interacting with kids and with my players and everything. Keeps you, you know. young, right? Um, the the one thing I I don't if you ask my I don't celebrate birthdays. Why not? <laughs> um, I'm trying to create an illusion with my brain that I'm not as old as I am. Okay. So I figure by not celebrating or making a big deal about age, I've never been hung up on age. Right. And, um, you know, I know I'm getting close to retirement age and different things with where I'm at and different things. How old are you in your brain is the, is I, the question. I really, to be honest with you, I, I think I'm in my 20s. Okay. And uh, I really, I, I had a great uncle who was lucky enough to make it to 90. And uh, one of the things that he told me was, you know, that befell him was that he started um, allowing himself to realize how old he was. He, and he started limiting himself, right? Exactly. And so I've tried a different approach. I, you know, I still go out here and try to do stuff that I'm, you know, doing when I was 20, 25 years old. Right. And I'm going to, and I want, and, you know, I might not do it as fast, but I can still do it. And uh, I want to continue to do that, you know, and, Hopefully the Lord will give me another forty-three years, and I can still be kicking it at a hundred. Right. What are you going to do in retirement? I mean, uh, when, when you don't have to go to work every day. Um, you know, I, I work out every other day. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm still pretty happy. Well, you're on the treadmill or something. No, like that, I, or? I, my my great uncle was a big resist a guy with the resistance training, and and I promised him when he passed a couple years ago that I would really get back into doing the resistance training like I did when I was playing playing ball and stuff and I get out I pumped Iron Man uh, you do yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy do you listen to heavy metal and stuff like that or no what? I just put on I put on oh, Fox News or something Fox yeah. News <laughs> That's just to get a job out. Yeah, I, know, I, know. I know you watch CNN. Uh, or, or, I mean, any, any I, I'm, I'm a registered independent. I, I, I don't mind saying, but, no. but, but, but some, some of it on both sides, left and the right, it's, it's, it's a little too far. Right, but I'll get down and put that on, and then, uh, 
I'm like I said, I'm still able to bench press about 235 pounds. No kidding. Yeah, I, I, I feel really good about that. I know my wife gets tired about hearing that. I walk up and say, you know, where I'm at. But because uh, you're 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 57 going on 22, right? Yeah, I'm trying to be that way. So yeah, here here it is. It's it's nine o'clock at night, and 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 you're and you could probably go another three hours with me well, if you wanted to well not so. only that but we're gonna get down to oscars after this right <laughs> no kidding yeah i mean hey you, you, you gotta th- if you don't think it then you can't be it right exactly so well hey bill we we, we appreciate all your great stories thanks for coming in here today and we wish you continued success look forward to seeing your tj girls out, out on the court and um, and and how many dates a year are you doing with the relics uh, we do 70 about, plus we do about 70 yeah yeah i'll, I'll have to we'll have to come out and, and, ch- and check you out come out and maybe check maybe if not new year's Eve, then how often do you how often do you have a we, gig well we play every weekend uh during the summer you know we're out a lot of outdoor events so if you happen to see us around come out come up say something to me introduce yourself if i don't know you but a lot of times pretty much i've been lucky to know a lot of the people that come around and see us and happy holidays bill merry Same. merry christmas merry and christmas. Ha- happy new year and um and, and and again look forward to seeing your team out there well so. thank you very much for having us having me here and uh it was enjoyable talking with you all right and my thanks to Graham Cullen uh, for producing to Colin McGuire's band Double Motorcycle for the music. We'll, we'll have to get the relics uh, on our on our soundtrack for the podcast too. But but Colin's band Double Double Motorcycle does a great job. And and, and thanks for our sponsor too, uh, PFP uh, Players Fitness and Performance in Frederick. I'm Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Sports Frederick News Post. Easy for me to say, Sports Department. And we'll see you next week here on the Final Score.